Hey guys, welcome back to Handling It. I'm your host, Catherine, and as you know, I thought I had my life all figured out, and then I realized I actually didn't, but I'm handling it. And one of the best ways I've learned how to do that is to talk with others about how they're handling their own lives. All right, well, happy Wednesday, everybody. Our anniversary week continues with the second episode of our week-long event, and I am beyond excited to introduce you to today's guest, Kate Flannery. Kate is an actress most notably known for playing the role of Meredith Palmer on the legendary NBC sitcom The Office, which, if you've listened to me chat about the show before, You know that one of the reasons why I love it so much, besides the fact that it's an absolutely incredible show, is that I actually grew up in the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area of Pennsylvania where the show is set. So I can't wait to chat with Kate about her time working on the show and hear all about her favorite memories as Meredith. We're also going to be chatting about her recent journey on Dancing with the Stars, her Christmas album, and upcoming tour with the amazing Jane Lynch, and what new projects she's working on as well. I had absolutely so much fun recording this conversation and can't wait for you to hear it. So you know what to do. Turn up the volume, get comfortable, and I hope you enjoy. Well, Kate Flannery, you are widely known for playing the role of Meredith Palmer on NBC's The Office, but since then you've been embarking on some new projects, including tours with the incredible Jane Lynch, and you're on the last season of Dancing with the Stars, so thank you so much for coming on. Of course! How are you? You know, for 2020, I'm I'm doing okay. (laughs) It's like constantly being a little hungover, like, wait, what's happening? What are we doing today? <laughs> I mean, we're almost to December. I'm hoping 2021 will bring just just an ounce of more positivity and just... Couldn't be weirder. Couldn't be... I mean, <laughs> famous last words. Couldn't be weirder. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess with that... Like getting hit by a car, getting bit by a bat, like having to <laughs> shave her head because it's like, what other... Like Meredith is kind of 2020 all the time. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so with that said, I mean, how has, I guess, your pandemic 2020 been? You know, yeah, I'm grateful. Uh, it, it's not been too bad, you know. I mean, I was actually on tour with Dancing with the Stars when this started. And uh, um, so when Dancing with the Stars started, um, we I was gone for weeks. And then we sort of felt like, oh, we were doing these meet and greets before every show. And we did a lot. I mean, I think I did 45 of my 54 shows. We got pulled off the road. So that was it. But I'm just glad I got to do most of the tour. It was really fantastic and really fun. Great fans, great fun. It was amazing to be able to host a show in the like at Radio City Music Hall. Crazy, crazy in the Grand Old Opry. I mean, I played so many great places. It was pretty spectacular. Amazing. And yeah, who doesn't love Dancing with the Stars? I love watching it. I love all the different kinds of dances. So that must have been amazingly fun. <laughs> It's crazy. I mean, for being like the oldest person from last season and suddenly getting most of the dates, I was like, the math, like I'm like a 15 year old trapped in a 55 year old body. I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) Well, I don't even know how they're doing it this season with the pandemic and just having no audience members. It's all of yeah, those like trippy. lives. Uh, I'm glad, you know, we, the sh- we, we, we must pursue and we must persist. So I'm glad they figured it out. Most other shows have not. So this is, this is good. Right. 
Well, another thing of yours, um, a project that you were working on, um, you and Jane Lynch have a show, Two Lost Souls. That yes, actually and then we also have a Christmas album, which we tour every Christmas because our Christmas album, Swingin' Little Christmas, did very well in the Billboard Top 10. We were number eight for a while. In fact, you can get it on CD, but I also have it on vinyl, which Amazing. is wacko. <laughs> <laughs> it's, called Swing Little Christmas. it's really fun it's not a hostage situation it's not like you know what you know it's a little funny but some of it's pretty and the musicians are awesome and I don't know I need Christmas early myself so right. this year <laughs> I know I know I was just saying like I've already started the Christmas songs and carols and everything because I just need the joy immediately in my life <laughs> a little more sugar please just a little sweetener for every day please something sweet <laughs> right well even so even touring with jane then those shows got postponed with yeah, the pandemic. we've been pushed back a year so i'm hoping you know we were supposed to be in um alaska this past september so hoping next september we'll be in fairbanks and anchorage um right. yeah so we'll see i mean it's you know we're so lucky that you know people still care so i'm glad <laughs> so it's just postponed it's not canceled Right. Okay. Yeah, I know the pandemic has definitely uh, impacted so many industries and it's caused so many different things to shift. Like you said, it's not the end, <laughs> but it's definitely a period of adjustment. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. And to all my buddies who are, you know, live musicians who only perform live, hang in there, hang in there, just sending good wishes. And, you know, I feel like most of my career up until I got the office, when things really took off, even when I was at Second City, and actually the first season of the office, I still waited tables. I was still at my restaurant job during the first season. So I feel like to all my restaurant folks, like, please, I know this is so hard. And, you know, whatever we can do to help. And, you know, I, I, it's just, I can't imagine going through this. It's just right. crazy. Well, yeah. So I read that, that you actually were working sort of part-time, I guess, or full-time as a waitress. Well, I worked while... my shifts during the week and I still had to work my Sunday brunch to keep my job. God love you. <laughs> well, okay. So let's get into your career with acting then, because as you know, you and I were just talking about before, you were born and raised in Philadelphia. Yep. Amazing. So I was born actually myself in Westchester County, so not too far outside of <laughs> Philly. And um, how did you get involved in the whole acting game? Well, I wanted to be uh, a child actor. My parents were a little resistant, my mother in particular. And I'm grateful for her hold back because every time I work with a child actor, I'm like, hmm, it's better to wait sometimes. You're a little more mature, a little more realistic. Uh, but yeah, I actually, um, uh, I did, you know, shows in high school and I actually worked at a dinner theater my senior year of high school. I got to do a show for four months. So that was kind of amazing. Um, but and it, was, it was just great because I, I got to leave on Wednesdays after fourth period because I had a matinee and I was very excited about that. <laughs> it was a great experience for me to kind of check. And then I went to college for theater. I went to Shenandoah University for two years and studied voice and musical theater. And then I transferred to the University of Arts in Philadelphia where I studied acting and I got my Bachelor of uh, Fine Arts in Acting. So, mm -hmm. you know, and then after that, my aunt who lived in Chicago, my mom's sister, she thought Second City would be a good fit for me. And they had a training program. So I uh, got a ticket and a place to stay in Chicago. And I got into their um, Second City Conservatory. And then I ended up working in the touring company. And the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. It was kind of awesome. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, you worked on projects after school. But would you say landing the role on the office as Meredith um, was really the big, that was it? Yeah. 
one. I, I, I did some off-Broadway and I felt like I had some great reviews and some love and attention from that. And I was doing some guest starring, uh, recurring a little bit on a couple shows, but still having to wait tables, like nothing steady enough. And then, you know, at the ripe old age of 40, I booked The Office. So <laughs> I'm going to provide success at 40. But no, so I, all I have to say to everybody that's had to work another second job while you're following your dream, it's not a punishment. I feel like it allows you to figure out how to be successful because once you are successful, it's like working two and three jobs at the same time anyway, because it's, you know, you have to be able to manage it. So it's good practice. Right. Well, and I'm sure, you know, when you started the office too, that first season, like you said, you didn't really know, I guess, where it was going. Yeah, we had no idea. And and it was right before 40-Year-Old Virgin. Uh, Steve was had shot 40-Year-Old Virgin after we shot the first season. So it came out right as we were shooting season two. But again, it was like still a crapshoot. You don't know. Because you could get two seasons and then, you know, that's <laughs> it. So we were lucky. Nine right. seasons was amazing, life-changing. And a show that people still care about and still number one on, on Netflix. It's crazy. It's crazy. And well, okay. So I guess inserting my own personal love for The Office into this podcast, it's become for me. So as I mentioned to you before, I'm from Northeastern Pennsylvania, the Wilkes-Barre-Scranton area, literally. I'm Uh. in a small town about uh, 30 minutes outside of Scranton. So for me, once the show came out, it literally put my, my area on the map. When I yeah. started to tell people where I was from and I'd say, oh, if you know, Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Northeastern Pennsylvania, they're like, where do you know NBC's The Office? <laughs> That's Scranton. <laughs> yep. And it's absolutely hilarious because, and I guess this is a question I have for you. Um, I'm not sure. So there's so many writers on the show. The research that went into it because as someone from the area, I mean, everything from the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins, uh, right. the Garrity supermarket. My mom worked across the street from that supermarket for like 20 years. Uh, Boscov's, like there's so many hidden gems that they reference continuously throughout the series. Um, so, and have you been to the area? I have many times. I mean, I, I went to Catholic high school in, outside of Philadelphia. So I had friends that went to Scranton a few years that were a few years older than me. So I did some underage drinking at the University of Scranton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 1980, none of your business. Uh, but yeah, I had a great time. I mean, you know, I, so I, I was very aware of Scranton. Um, some of my best friends went there and, um, uh, yeah. And I, I remember fighting to get tasty cakes in the, um, break room, um, vending machine because I'm like you don't understand tasty cakes are everywhere like every vending machine in Pennsylvania <laughs> has to have tasty cakes so well, we finally got I think it was like season five or something and there's a scene where um, Michael's like recycling and he has a tasty cake box and I'm like yes tasty cakes made it on the office <laughs> simple little things it's amazing these are important you know these are important. we have like so Uds, potato chips and hers potato chips in the she- machines I'm like where's tasty cake chop chop let's go <laughs> We have family that live out in um, the Midwest in Indiana and um, Illinois, and they love Tasty Cakes, but of course they don't sell them out there. So we'll ship them pretty much annually, (laughs) ship them cases of Tasty Cakes. And I don't know if you're familiar with Middlesworth barbecue chips, all of those, Snyder's pretzels, all of those, we'll ship them out. Of course, the Pennsylvania goodness. Yeah. They're really known for their health food. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the potholes. So I guess just one big question, what was it like 
being a part of that cast, being a part of that show as the years went on and it became what it was, what was it like? Well, I have to say, when you work with people for a long, I mean, I have to say, everything starts at the top. Steve Carell is a really terrific human being. So I felt like he never made it about him. It was always about the show. The show was more important than all of us. And that really just sets a tone. And as an ensemble member and someone who started in an ensemble at Second City, you know, you want to make everybody look good. You want to think about the people that you're working with, not just yourself, which is, it's not always the case on sitcoms. So it was a rare, beautiful, wonderful thing. Uh, I had a desk. I had a computer that worked. I had the most comfortable clothes. I did my own stunts for the most part. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I really, it was probably the best job I will ever have in my life. And I, I, I know, I knew it at the time, but I really know it now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess not to plug another podcast, but I'll plug another podcast. Um, Angela Kinsey and Jenna Fisher have the Office Ladies podcast, which um, I highly recommend. I started listening to it and, you know, I'm just such a nerd and TV junkie. I love to hear fun facts. And they really go in depth into just like little Easter eggs throughout the show. And on every episode. Right. Yeah. Um, What I found so interesting and what I didn't realize at the time. So obviously I know that so many of the cast members are also writers on the show. What I didn't realize is that they were all stationed in the annex. And that's sort of why the annex was created. Just three, Paul, Mindy and BJ. Yes. (laughs) But yeah. that was so interesting that they were stationed back there in order to write, you know, throughout the so day. So they didn't have to be in the bull, as we call the bullpen. Every, you know, because you, you know, if your if your office is, I mean, it's kind of like being in a classroom. Your desk is in the same room as everybody else's. So that was the way they got around them. <laughs> Amazing. So pretty, pretty smart. Pretty good thinking. Amazing. So I got to ask, Meredith specifically is key for so many. There's so many amazing scenes with Meredith. Um, whether it's the shaving of the head, um, getting hit by a car, um, so many great scenes. What was your favorite? Or maybe what was one of your favorite scenes in general? Well, one of my favorite scenes was uh, during Moroccan Christmas when Michael Scott dragged Meredith to rehab. We had this whole <laughs> chase scene in the parking lot at the rehab center that was just supposed to be, I think there was just supposed to be a voiceover over it, but they actually recorded us and that was one of the few times we got to improvise that I got to improvise an entire scene. Like usually you get to improvise a line here and there, but everything was pre-written. So that was really fun and <laughs> and amazing and such a great process. And of course, Steve is the greatest. He's the greatest to improvise with. He's, the, he's just the greatest to act with. So, you know, I am, but there are countless moments that I try desperately not to laugh to ruin a take. I mean, I, there's, there, I, we don't have enough time to tell you how much I love The Office as well. But there, there's an episode, um, Office Olympics, where Michael's away buying his condo for the day. So everyone in the office has created these very silly games. And Jim has taken it to a new level and made these yogurt lid medals and like cre- created like an Olympic vibe. <laughs> so the closing ceremonies, Michael Scott comes back and they give him a, a medal and he's like participating and they're playing the theme to the, to the Olympics and he just starts crying. And I, Steve just improvised that. And I love that so much because he's such a dork and I'm such a dork. And that that's the kind of thing like where I hear the theme to the, op, to the, to the Olympics and I hear, I feel like all, all those kids have worked so hard. Like it's so emotional, even though I was obviously wasn't an athlete in it, but I love that he made that choice for Michael Scott because so many of us were like, 
it's just this weird little quirky thing that I just thought was so brilliant. Yeah. There's so many great scenes and with so many seasons, it's so hard to pinpoint like which are the best. Uh, my personal favorite episode, I think, is the dinner party because there's yeah, it's a specific a kind of humor. I let, yeah, I love George Foreman Grill too. When, Classic. Um, Mike burns his foot on the grill because he wants to wake up to the smell of bacon, so he's got a <laughs> timed grill right by his foot at the foot of his bed. Right. The explanation of I think why he you know why the incident occurred, why he makes it because yeah he wanted to have the bacon smell by the side of his bed. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> and then one of my favorite, I think, Meredith scenes, and then something I sort of realized when I was putting together my um, questions for this interview is that it's so perfect for the quarantine pandemic lifestyle right now is casual day. <laughs> like, I think we need shirts or merchandise. Right it sure feels like it. <laughs> Start making the merchandise like it's casual day. Actually, it's funny. There is now a Funko Pop uh, with Mer Casual Friday Meredith. So this is, you can actually Stop. buy this. <laughs> so it's Meredith Casual Friday and it's a little pixelated uh, by her, uh, the top of her dress, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm very proud of this. This is crazy. It's crazy to have a, you know, it's nuts. That's fabulous. I love it. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that's another thing. Um, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. So with, I guess, social media and just, Netflix, all these streaming platforms, Netflix uh, especially, because that's where you can find The Office. And now we have, I guess, Peacock coming soon. <laughs> so now the one thing about The Office on Peacock is that they're actually putting in deleted scenes that were not even on the DVDs. They've restored. Oh so, so you will have the option to watch a longer version of an episode that you've seen a million times, but with the added storyline that got cut. Awesome. That's kind of cool. I'm I probably going to have to check like, it out. This yeah. is crazy. I had to do some voice for it. Um, uh, some ADR because some of the, my voice was a little messed up for it. But um, I think the super fans are really going to dig that. I think that might be reason enough to just give it a shot. <laughs> yeah. Just when you thought you've seen it like a thousand times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I wonder if you're going to like it better or if it's going to make it weird, but it, it's, it'll, it's extra. That's for sure. Right. Well, so yeah, with that said, um, given these streaming platforms, given social media, have you found, and I'm sure it you know, is true, that there's this new generation of fans and um, new wave of success of the show? Absolutely. I mean, there are kids that weren't even born that are totally into it. <laughs> they weren't even born when we first started. And now they are obsessed with it and they know everything about it. Or they... Um, you know, or they just didn't, you know, they were too, too young to watch. Um, but they're, <laughs> it's on 24 seven, they leave it on all day long. And actually a lot of adults do too. I mean, it's become like the comfort white noise. People say yep. I fall asleep to you every night. I'm like <laughs> that would have creeped me out a few years ago, but I get it. I get it. Um, or I'd be like insulted. What are we ambient? But I get it. You want to feel comfortable and if you have something on 24 seven, that's just streaming that right. makes you feel better, especially during these weird, scary times. Um, I think it's awesome. I'm so proud to be like part of something that makes people feel better. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, I like to say that too. If you know, shows like inside and out, it's the perfect thing to put on when you're like cooking or folding laundry. Like, you know, the plot, you know, what happens. <laughs> right. It's good. But you kinda, yeah. But it's, it's, 
like having a friend or two there. Yeah. It's kind of awesome. And what I love about the office too, kids are so smart. Kids see everything. They can watch the episode and pick up on all these little things because, you know, I mean, many times sitcoms will sort of have an obvious place where you're supposed to laugh. Think about the offices. You can watch the same episode and you realize that you missed something. You were actually laughing over the next moment that could be very subtle, like in the background, but it's still very funny. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think, I think this next generation, like they're, they're really smart because they, they get all the, all the little things. I oh, love yeah. it. <laughs> well, I just know for me, like even going off to college and like you experience homesickness being from the area, all it took was that little snippet of the theme song and the, the Scranton <laughs> and everything throwing me back. But yes, yeah, so Office is absolutely amazing, but you have worked on other projects since then. How has that been? Um, like you said, you've been touring with Jane Lynch. That's absolutely incredible. What does a lot of the work you two do together revolve around? Well, I say we do these live shows with the Tony Guerrero Quintet. So it's, we're sort of like the Rat Pack, but with a couple of broads. <laughs> so it's like just two women that are funny, that are live and singing. And there's a lot of fun. So, and the music is fun and interesting. And, you know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's been such a gift because we've gotten to play places like the Kennedy Center. We've got to play the Carlisle in New York, which is a very prestigious, wonderful place. And, you know, I mean, it's just been a, kind of an embarrassment of, of riches. We've gotten to these big tours. We played huge theaters. We played a lot of city wineries. Um, you know, it's just, um, it's great to actually get to meet the fans afterwards. We always have a meet and greet after every single show. Um, and we'll sign our CDs, our CDs, like you can get the CD or download through Amazon or iTunes now for, you know, it's like, I think it's swinging a little Christmas, Jane Lynch featuring Kate Flannery. So, you know, it's, again, it's just like something that makes people feel good, which is good. So we could all use a little more of that. Oh, and I also want to say I'm, I'm doing, I'm in a new movie that's going to get released on HBO in January and it's called golden arm. And it's the story of a female arm wrestler. So uh, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Mary Hollandaise, Betsy Sodaro, um, Dot Marie Jones, Ron Funges. There's really fun people in it. So um, kind of well, goofy. Fantastic. I was just saying yesterday, I need to get HBO again. <laughs> you, do. you totally do. There's yeah. so much. We were, to- we were in South by Southwest, but of course the COVID thing happened and South by Southwest was one of the first things that got canceled. And everybody's like, what? That's crazy. And then, of course, a few weeks later, we're like, oh, no, that wasn't crazy. That was the right thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. So much has gotten pushed back. It's crazy. Films that we thought we were going to be seeing over the summer are now, like, pushed to next fall. I can't wait for John Krasinski's new movie. Yes. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm so excited. It's the first one was win, absolutely win. amazing. Yeah. The first one was absolutely amazing. I'm so excited to see it. Emily Blunt, incredible as well. Oh, She's the greatest. Yeah. Always smells good too, by the way. Oh, <laughs> fabulous. Well, yes. Yeah, so I guess given this pandemic impact on actors like yourself, what advice would you give to anyone, you know, going through a hardship right now with their career path, um, acting specifically? Well, um, this is a chance to hopefully learn and earn. So any way you can keep yourself afloat and earn money, again, it's not a punishment if you have to do something that's not acting. Um, it, it just, 
you know, whatever you can do to make sure that you um, can thrive. Um, and if you can take classes, um, like I'm, I'm working with a vocal coach a couple times a week, which has been really helpful. Just kind of keeps me back in the vibe. Um, but there, I know there's like acting classes online. I know there's dance classes online. I mean, there's a lot of, lot to do, lot to do. You just, and some of it is actually very reasonable because people just want to connect. Right. Um, yeah. 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 So I just feel like whatever it is that makes you feel more like you, um, mm-hmm. And if you can do something physical, whether it's like yoga or any kind of workout, um, I've gotten like uh, much better at, um, uh, you know, taking care of my body because in Dancing with the Stars, I, I got to dance so much and it really helped me. So I work out on an elliptical. I try to walk three miles a day. I mean, it's, I, I don't always make it, but like, that's the goal. And that's not even that much, you know, I'm not like trying to kill myself with 15 miles, but yeah. whatever you can do, you know, and little goals. And don't beat yourself up when things get off track because it's just so, sometimes there's just weird things and you can't, you can't go where you want to go or there's a wait or, you know, you can't just like run to the store anymore. Most of the time mm-hmm. you have to wait. So we have to be really patient and yeah. I don't know, just be kind to yourself. It's just so weird. You know, it's just so strange. <laughs> it's so weird. Such a weird year. But yeah, I completely agree. I think for myself included, um, like you were saying, walking. I've been able to wake up working from home. I've been able to wake up and just walk around my neighborhood and just take time for myself and focus on things. And I think with actors, with any profession, right, take time and invest in something maybe that you've wanted to do that you haven't had time for before. Um, right. Build your resume. Too. Yeah. Yes. Uh, look at your resume. If you have a reel, redo your reel. Now's a good time. Mm-hmm. Or just, you know, whatever makes you feel good you know, make sure you just create some sense of, um, joy for yourself, music every day, whatever makes you feel good. And it's the little things. Like if you like a certain kind of coffee, you know, get that coffee, make sure that, you know, whatever that is, if it's a little thing that you, and you can enjoy it and it reminds you, and also just like focus on the memories. We have so many great memories and it doesn't mean we're not going to be there again. I mean, we will all be together again, but in the meantime, just hold that feeling, you know, and and try to stay as positive as you can. I completely agree. Well, with all of these new exciting projects you have coming up, I'm so excited to hear about that new movie. Um, Where can people find you and keep up with your journey? Well, uh, on Instagram at the the real Kate Flannery, because there's a not, not real Kate Flannery. So you have to do at the real Kate Flannery (laughs) on Twitter at Kate Flannery and uh, Kate Flannery on Facebook. Amazing. um, Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah, I know. I, now there's like TikTok and I can't, I can't invest in any more social media accounts. It's too much, too much posting, but yes. So I like to conclude Kate by asking, you know, with this being handling it, what's a piece of advice that's really helped you handle the ups and downs of your life? Well, I think, um, it's really important to have positive people in your life. And I know sometimes families are famous for their tough love. So I always feel like I just sometimes need to protect myself um, when I'm doing something that's scary for me um, or that's new for me. So sometimes I don't pick up the phone if my sister who always wants to warn me about like, and I'm sure it's coming from a place of love, but like it's just making sure that you keep your dream and keep your journey sacred. 
and making sure that no one knocks you off the course. It's one thing if you knock yourself off, but you know, don't <laughs> let other people. And, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't mean you can't have them in your life, but sometimes you can't pick up the phone or invite them in, like finish your thing first. And then, you know, share it with someone that actually you can talk to about it instead of someone that's going to criticize you. Because criticism yeah. is tough and you have to really, I feel like we have to really take care of ourselves and take care of our dreams. It's mm-hmm. important. Yeah. Protect those dreams, especially, yeah, right now there's so much craziness going on in the world. Stay true to yourself. Protect that it's dream. so true. But I do feel like in some ways this is some, like, it's kind of like we're all in this garden and it's just, it's just winter and it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be spring again and, and all these things blooming. are going to bloom. Yeah. True. I mean, it'll be a while. We don't know when, but, but you know, it's going to happen. In fact, here's a done D for everybody. Woohoo! I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kate, thank you so much thank for coming. Okay. Can I do one party trick before I go? Yes, of one course. Party trick. Oh, I forgot to say, I'm also on Cameo. I forgot to tell people that I'm also on Cameo. Oh, fabulous. Know, which is fun. There's a few of us in the office that are on it. Okay. I'm going to do one little party <laughs> trick. Indulge me. You ready? Amazing. Wonderful. Wonderful. Was that a quarantine project? It is. I was like, I have to learn the theme of the office. Come on. It's gotta happen. Everybody's been playing instruments. It's fabulous. Well, I love that. What a way to end and conclude. Kate, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. So much. Take good care. Until Pennsylvania, I said hi. All right. Well, I hope you all had a laugh and enjoyed hearing from Kate. I love The Office as much as the next person, so I am so happy to have had chatted about some of her favorite scenes and what it was like working with the cast. I also loved hearing about her work with Jane Lynch, and since it's the holiday season now, I've left a link in the episode description to their holiday album, A Swingin' Little Christmas. And Kate's social media handles are also listed in the bio so that you can follow along and keep up with her work. Sending a big thank you to Kate for coming on, and of course, thank you listeners for tuning in. As always, let me know what you thought of our episode. You can reach us on Instagram at Handling It Podcast, and feel free to send us a message and let us hear your thoughts and suggestions. We'll see you next week with a brand new episode, but until then, keep staying safe with everything going on in the world right now and keep handling it. I'll talk to you soon.